Welcome to the Gentleman's Hour podcast. Today we have a new guy with us, Jake from State Farm. (laughs) 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 I I couldn't resist. Jake, why don't you introduce yourself? Cut. Hey, my name is uh, Jake Wall, so uh, I guess we'll uh, figure all these wires out today. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, (laughs) Isaac's been giving me a little bit of headache over what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about a little bit about, uh, and that's one of the reasons why the subject came up is uh, Jake decided to come in today. So we are going to speak on how the power of God has influenced our life or what, what it has literally done. Not we hope or we think or we hadn't seen it like physically, literally, how have things changed? I had, this is controversial subject i have notes today oh wow right wow (laughs) they late dollar short um yesterday evening i was i was clearing out uh dad's rv uh motorhome we went to the mid-america truck show in kentucky and louisville kentucky after it's done i was having a drink alcoholic drink for those of you that didn't get that already that want to judge (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah for those of you that want to judge <laughs> I was cleaning out the motorhome and it, was, it tasted I don't know it tasted good so I'll have me a second moment anyway that's I sat there until like literally 2 in the morning after I was done just having literally a conversation with God I don't know it, it seems like to me that whole idea seemed like blasphemy not that long ago like that you could have a drink but I, it's not always, but every now and then, I feel like when I'm by myself, I, f- I hear him so clearly where I can't deny it when I drink. Uh-huh. I don't know why. This is just what I've experienced. So, as I was uh, going through there, I, um, I, was, I was playing on my phone. I was just sitting there talking and having a conversation in my mind. And I was playing with my phone when, I was, when you swipe right, there's the little notifications or the, you know, the pictures, things like that. So I clicked on the pictures and there's pictures there from my daughter where we cut down some trees for a widow. And uh, it was a picture from uh, me and my wife, Sarah, and Abe going to heaven in business. Um, picture of where I went to John Eichmeyer to a race last year. And it just, I sat there and cried looking at this because of the things that for a guy that didn't think was ever going to achieve anything, I've, I've got a lot of good people in my life. Like it, it just, I don't know, a few times it hit me. It hit me yesterday. Like John, especially John, John he lives in, in uh, New York. He is a guy that you do not, would not see as your typical Christian. Yet I have learned more about giving from him than I have all my life in the church. Which I think that just it shows the deficit of of Christ likeness that we have in the church. But anyway, um I I uh when we went to the uh to the Mid America Truck Show, uh, I was not financially very well off, meaning I was broke, basically. 
I wasn't sure, wasn't sure how we were going to make it. <laughs> and uh, we we went up, went end up going. Diesel's gone way up. We spent the last day coming home from Nashville to here. I think I think we spent a better part of a grand in fuel alone. And it was just putting on a credit card if we, if we can pay it off. And uh, I had uh, some on a previous podcast. I talked about this how i had prayed for i have an alarm set in my in my phone that goes off and my birthday my birthday is december 8th at 12:08 my alarm goes off and i pray for the hardest person in my life and i seen such a massive change like that's what we talked about the other day that um in him that like we couldn't do it in two, two years we hadn't make anywhere any any kind of progress or hardly any per se and uh in in a matter of two or three days of prayer every day just in my mind uh when the alarm would go off it had changed so i, I started praying for uh finances because damn it we needed it and which even at that so when we were on the way back we went to papados in dallas and uh walking in as you remember this um walking in I didn't tell anybody until after I came out of the bathroom. Walking in, I felt like I'd had a, a, a not, I don't know about a bad day, just an off day where my mind wasn't working right. Uh, was things that really just ticked me off that usually wouldn't. And I noticed it and I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, when Herman has a day that's kind of off, it's a guy that doesn't say much. <laughs> yeah. And I don't care for it. And he's going fast. So <laughs> I I didn't I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was off. Well, that's the thing. I think me and you are a close enough relationship. If anybody would know it, it would be you. I had to really work with myself to not uh want to fix it. Not not necessarily try to fix it, but uh at least ask what's what's going on. You yeah. know, but I've learned that, you know, uh if I want somebody's help. I would like them to ask me yep. and I kind of figured I would give you the same privilege. If you want my help, you could ask for it. That's I, and I like that. <clears throat> I know there's people that say you reach out. I don't know. And, and maybe that's right. When, once I get there, I'll tell you, but I'm not there now. Like uh, right now, I, I think exactly what you say. Once I need help, I'll let you know. But well, I, I think that's different uh, for each person. You know, some that's people, true. they go for help for, the smallest things and there's people that uh, have very big struggles and they will n- never go for help I think it's just we have different characters and that's true I, I think that's why it's good that the gospel is unique for each one yeah you know? well so on that on that bombshell I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, oh. let's find out <laughs> we walked into Papados, which, as you already noticed, I didn't have money for fuel, so much less had money for an expensive dinner. But I believe that the father would provide. I didn't know how, but uh figured out when we got home. So I walked in. As I walked in, I felt very strongly to, spend, to find some time for myself. So as soon as we ordered our drinks, I went to the bathroom. And... 
when I think about that scene and I see myself as a third person and like I dropped the armor, like I, I don't know, I just I was so I was tired of fighting all day, and I I, f- I remember I felt very clearly I felt like the word defeat. I don't know why because I didn't feel feel so much defeated. I just felt like it's finally done fighting. It's over. I like this is I've never felt that before. I don't know what it's about. Once that comes, once I get revelation on it, I'll, I'll share it. But it was very interesting. But so I came back and I told everybody on the table about it. We had a pretty good discussion about the armor of God, what that looks like, which we might get into today. But from there, oh yeah, at the end, so the bill came, pretty hefty bill, and uh, <laughs> it's not my fault. Well, yeah, but it was my choice to go there. So, and I was gonna leave. I was gonna leave. Okay, I'm gonna leave a leave hundred dollar tip. It's usually I do between fifty and hundred depending what the bill was. The bill was like 240, 250 bucks. So I was gonna leave a hundred dollar tip, and the first and I, I kind of like shit, I can't really afford it, and it pissed me off so bad that that was the first thing that came to my mind. And you know, what, instead of hundred, I'll do hundred fifty. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. There's not enough. I'm, I just won't. I refuse to. So we get home, and I told my wife about this whole thing. Next day, so this was Monday evening, no, Sunday, Monday morning, Sunday evening, uh, Monday, we got invoices in to cover everything and then some. A lot. So it was all there. Shadowly. So to me, that is a very literal way that, which I guess another thing, yeah, where, where I got where my finances came through even though I couldn't afford it this is what I wanted and the father gave it to me I mean I I really believe that but a while back we were also low on money and I had given a check to to help somebody here in town and Marcy's like you know we really don't have the money for it I said no I know we don't she said so when are you going to quit and I told when when are you going to stop and i told her i told her way well, i figured i'm going to stop when i go broke because i believe what the word says and the word says that if you give unto the poor you lend unto god i don't think there's a better investment than that and if that's not true then i'll go broke trying and then we will regroup and we'll try something else but until then this is what i'm going going with till i'm broke and everybody gets laid off Find another job. File bankruptcy. Actually, it's gone the other way. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's worst case scenario. It's gone the other way, really, because so we are we're currently building a office for for the shop. I uh, very very nice office. I just got the the call. Marcy called me while while we were gone that our loan to buy a second building has gone through. So, it's we've not had abundance in a while, but we've always had enough. Not just that, even like our banker, she when we did our books, she had asked uh, Marcy because we had to update all our books. A lot of it was wrong, and she had asked Marcy like, "Is this is this right? What you're giving?" And Marcy said, "Well, this is just our tithing. This is not our giving." And she. <laughs> I don't know what I said. You're crying about it, but she had said, uh, 
surely he must be a man of God when he gives that much, which that's what I want to be. But um, why don't we share some more stories? I know Jake has one. Well, the one I remember was about a welder, <laughs> but he might have a lot more. Hopefully, his, jo- his memory gets jogged, and he'll share a bunch of stories about how how God has uh, helped him out, literally, not figuratively. Well, on the giving park, well, there's also the welder, the welding uh, story. But uh, you were talking about the the giving park. It was uh, what was it about a year and a half? ago I think when you shared a story somewhere probably in Wichita Falls about you had a uh, had more uh, more payments that you had money and then you just gave the rest uh, away yeah. or something like that I picked it up that day and uh, I just did the same thing when I got home I'm like yeah a bunch of payments I don't even have money for it I did the same thing made out a check I'm like Okay, I read it. It says that. <laughs> it says test me. And I did, did the same thing. I just... And it didn't take days until it, it came back alive. I had... Since that day, I can honestly say there has not always been to buy what I would like to buy, but I have, since that day, honestly never struggled again. Yeah. And I get the building done. I take out my tithing and give it away way wherever 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 I feel like wherever my heart is on and it seems like I don't I don't have I don't work much a couple of months in a year I guess and always have enough always have enough it's amazing I sometimes I'm like I don't jet it myself but it's the honest truth. I there's no explanation for it. Like it's just <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's there. So tell us about the welder, the fuel. Man, it's a while. It's a while. But I had actually forgotten about that <laughs> one. Until I love ta- that story. Talked about it. I remember. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I think I was making a s- spiral staircase in my house. And uh, I remember when I unloaded the welder. Let me try to share this as as much as I remember. I remember I unloaded the welder, but I looked at the gas tank, and it only had very little gas. So I thought, okay, I'll just weld for a while, and then I'll, I'll go get gas and put some in it. Okay. Started welding, and I'm and back of my mind, I'm just hearing how that thing is going to shut off. Right. Just waiting but, for it. Yeah, just, just waiting for it. All of a sudden, it popped in my mind, like, why would it turn off? That thing will, that thing will keep running. I I believe for it. And without thinking about it, I welded for like three days with that thing. <laughs> that, that thing that thing never shot shot up. Like That's I was amazing. I was thinking about it, but all all of a sudden I would forget and just keep on welding and That's welding cool. and. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> I love it. it. It was awesome. I couldn't believe it myself, and uh, it happened. So, and you sold your house down. You're buying a bigger property too, huh? Yeah. We uh, used to have a lot of family in, down in Brownfield, but everybody moved away. So it's time for you to move away too. Yeah. Huh? 
Almost everything is in Seminole. If we wanted to go to a gathering, visit friends, everything's Seminole. So we're uh, we're gonna move out here. We'll be happy to have you. Nolan, you want to share something? You got something on your mind? <laughs> well, <coughs> the thing about me with uh, with funds is I've never had a lot, and I grew up poor. Um, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I actually did not attend school. Um, I w- walked from the time I was about five, and I literally walked to pay for the school books that I w- would read and learn from. And um, for the things I did, I always got underpaid. And that was what's true all the way up until actually I went to work for you. Um, but, but like, I mean, even being a skilled of what's elder, um, the job that I was at, I was literally getting paid about 12, 15 hour. And I little let's up what normally guys got for what I was doing because I was what selling a aluminum stainless doing like tons of like custom world talk and I'm like 18 an hour now and I'm just like man and um and also the thing about me is I've had a lot of stuff taken from me in my life that I worked extremely hard for. Um, because when I was se- se- 17, I had been um, walking out outside of the house and, and I had built up tools. I mean, I, I had a lot of tools. I could plum, I could if I could do flooring, and all that, and I was starting to get tools to um, work on cars. And some stuff went on in my life, and my dad just completely just lost it. I mean, this went nuts. And I had to leave the house. What the issue is, is I was not 18 yet. And so my dad, technically his name, what what, what says on basically everything that I owned. Yeah, because you weren't 18. Yeah. And altogether, I lost probably about five to 6,000 in just tools. Yeah. Things. And I literally left my home with, about a we with six worth of clothing and a car built in 1990. It's an old small car, and um, I had to do a complete reset and start over. Yep, and it's always amazed me that. I've n- I never got paid that much, but I always had enough to pay my bills. Yeah, and I know truly that it w- 
with God being um, intervened in my life because um, in two months, I, my brother left for the Air Force and I had to pick up all the bills. And I went from literally nothing in my bank account to just enough to pay the the bills and eat. And and now it's like how I tithed was not through funds; it was through my time and gotcha. through my much size skills because I can do about anything that I put my mind to, you know, I can go in and what what sort on cars, do plumbing, do flooring, do your, your hard work. Um, I've got a v- very broad field. And so wh- whenever my church would be like, oh, we, we need this done, I'd be like, okay, cool. And, and I would just go and do that thing. And so I know that God has truly kept me through all of it now. And I also chose to do Strongman. And Strongman, you eat a ton. I mean, I was eating a ton. And my grocery bill was big. But I, I would always have enough to get the food that I needed to do what I had to do. No. And, and I took back now and I'm like, how in the heck did I do all of that? You know, but, but yeah, I would definitely say God's been extremely faithful to me in my life. And also for anything that I get, I'm extremely grateful for. No, it's it's like I really don't take things for granted that I have. And I think that's a good gifting because um, I know definitely in the nation that we live in that people take for great, great handed. Oh, I can go and use the bathroom inside oh i've got a constant water supply that i can drink from all the time oh i've got a car that i can drive across the entire nation in you know and me growing up in that way that i'm like gosh i don't even know if i'm going to eat is I, I think, in a way, has been a blessing in my life. Well, we've, we've, um, I can't say we've ever not had enough to eat. I know in Canada, the year we spent in Canada, my wife uh, had sometimes leave the soap, couldn't wash. I had my clothes washed with just water for weeks because we couldn't afford it. That's, that's, I think, the worst of it. And then we went to Mexico, and then 15 years ago, we came to this country, this great nation. Which where we literally had nothing. We had the the piece of junk that we had. We called a car in Mexico. The engine blew up, and I couldn't afford to buy a new engine, which was hmm. a few hundred dollars. But I didn't have it. I came here to work as a seasonal worker and go back, and ended up staying. And from that, 
I remember, so dad bought a new pickup in Mexico once, and my goal in life was not to buy as nice of a pickup as he had. My goal in life was to one day just buy one new pickup. That was kind of a life goal for me. I remember working at, on uh, on a farm before I went started mechanicking for uh, for a shop in, in Hobbs that at the time I calculated I was making like 24 grand a year, and I was thinking if I were to get 32, that'd be the ticket. <laughs> Little did I know that a few years later when I was doing what I loved to do, I was making 140 grand a year. Had nothing to show for it, but I was making 140 grand a year. But that's um yeah, that's that's some of my story. Oh, and what Jake uh was talking about, the story that I told at the men's encounter is is literally a I think you could call it a an uh an altar. I know when the uh, Israelites crossed the Red Sea, God told them put uh, altars here so that later generations when they walk by here they'll ask what happened and you can tell them how God uh, how he brought you out of the out of slavery into the promised land and through through that Red Sea I we have been in business for about three years and um, I don't know if I told the stories previously but if I have I'll tell it again we it was me and Abe back then we had been making uh about 20 the best we ever did the first three years was like 24 grand a year and i was coming from oilfield company where i was making over 100 130 140 a year and it wasn't it wasn't just the i didn't mind the money so much because i really enjoyed what i did but i was tired of my family sitting at home and i couldn't afford a happy meal for my kids on a sunday that's one of the hardest times i, I still have a picture in my mind where Giovanni asked for a happy meal and i couldn't afford it and uh, we would we'd borrow money from my dad to buy parts, to order parts for a rebuild or something. And as soon as the invoice would be paid, I'd pay dad. And sometimes hours later, I'd borrow it again. It just, I was so tired of it. And I, I sat in, I had heard stories about trusting God with your money. And not from our church, but then it was the First Baptist Church, which was a great church. I, I, I grew a lot there. I, it was... It was a uh, time of my life where I wouldn't change it for nothing. We ended up going some. We were going somewhere else now, but the First Baptist Church here in Seminole will have a very special place in my heart for the rest of my life because of me coming out of the the church where I grew up, and then they uh, welcomed us, and, and I learned a lot of things. But anyway, I I was so tired, and I, exactly what Jake was talking about. Test me is what, is what one Bible verse. Test me, you know. Uh, Bring food into the storehouse, and, and men will give on to, into your bosom to overflowing. And I'm like, you know what? We had I I while this is going through my head, I'm, I'm calculating. We had eighteen hundred four dollars in a bank account. We had enough money there to last four weeks. I told Abe if you stuck with me that he would lend well because coming out of the oil field, I was so popular as a mechanic that everybody wanted me. I, I had Caterpillar. Bo Smith um, tell me one time like, he asked me over and over again to come work for him but I liked where I was and there was other things as well like papers that's why, that's why I didn't go work for a job for a caterpillar or else I might be there now but uh, anyway I um, I had a lot of offers and almost everywhere I, I went I would have made more than I was making at my job at the ND where I was making 100 a year 
So for me, the the last two years, it was kind of hard to justify making this little and have my family sitting at home suffer when I could go somewhere and make a lot of money. So I told him, if you start, stick it out with me, uh, I'll make sure you land well. <clears throat> You'll come with me wherever I go to work. And I sat there. We had four weeks with the $1,804. If I, if I gave it all, which wasn't enough to cover the bills, if I gave it all, then we had two weeks. And uh, I just... So I, 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 I kind of said to myself, you know, or said, said to God, I guess, in a way, uh, I'll trust you. See if, see if this works. If this doesn't work, then I, which at the time I didn't have a relationship. So I, I figured we're going to try it. And if this doesn't work, then we're done. I don't, I don't know. Then this obviously what, what they've been preaching is wrong. So I left it there, and what came out of that was three years of prosperity where we made so much money I didn't know what to do with it. Like, we, we gave a lot of it away, we borrowed it, whatever. And that's that's the story Jake was, was talking about. And since then, it has changed. Um, we've, we've had enough for the last two, three years, but we haven't had an abundance like we did back then. But there was, uh, I don't know if Aaron has this verse ready, Exodus, no. No worries. Uh, Exodus... Let me see here. Pull it up. Exodus 13, verse 17. There was a, there was a, um, a post by a, an, a short little short little video on, I think, on, uh, on Facebook or one of the social medias where he, this pastor, talked about this verse, 17, Exodus 13, 17, and 18. And it reads, Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, the Israelites, that is. God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said, the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Therefore, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea, and the sons of Israel went up in battle formation. So they, they still went up in battle formation. When, when he said this, this just so hit me that I, I believe, I truly believe that this is what we're, but what I am, me and my family personally going through right now. That because if you read the story, the Israelites, when Pharaoh let them go, he gave them all the wealth of the Egyptians, gold. They just it was an unimaginable amount of wealth that that they they gave to the Israelites as they left. I feel like that was our three years. And now, it, we're going into, a, in, even like in the physical sense right now, I think in the next year, we are going to arrive at, in a way, I guess in a, in, a, in a picture kind of way, you could say what the Israelites arrived at, the promised land, where there will be an absolute abundance. But they went through, I don't know how many years of desert to be ready to fight the um, the giants are going to be there. And in February, I ended up buying, ordering me a brand new snowmobile. And I live in West Texas. That even even to me, that sounded like the stupidest idea somebody could ever dream up. But I did because I felt when I thought about this, ordering a new snowmobile, it felt literally like that time that I was sitting in the pews donating the eight, my last $1,804. So... That snowmobile will be here in spring next year. And when I read this, I felt like the that timeline, when that snowmobile gets here, is the timeline of 
like I said, we've we've had enough. We could tell the manna, but uh, we've not had an abundance, and I think that'll come next year. I really believe that. I I, I felt it, and if I didn't, you'll know about it because I'll be on here talking about it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's what I believe, and we'll we'll find out next year, right? But that's um, yeah, a guy in West Texas buying a snowmobile. That's that's not <laughs> such a bad idea after all, huh? <laughs> It sounds a little bit nuts. But Isaac has a great story, too. He came up from Mexico with some debt. Why don't you tell us about your story, Isaac? Do people really need to know? Yes, they, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Come you, on. You know what they say, that uh, testimony arises faith. Yeah. No, actually, I I have a very good story. The um, I, I grew up in South America, for those that don't know, from there, we went to Canada. Where in South America? Bolivia. That's where I was born. Welcome to the club. Right? <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> But anyway, uh, so we uh, wanted to try something else because where we grew up, it was a very um, conservative Mennonite colony. And I always wanted to try something else. So we tried immigrating to Canada. And that was in 2008. If I'm not mistaken, and just when we got to Canada, that's when the economy collapsed, and they wouldn't take immigrants in, so we had to go back to Mexico. And after six months, there was a guy who said, "Well, if you can make it back, I I can sponsor you. It's not going to be an issue." So we ended up going back to Canada again. Uh, was a lot of traveling, and stay there for another six months, and just wouldn't work out. So we had to leave. Canada again so I went to Mexico and I tried all kinds of stuff in Mexico um, tried a couple of businesses that I started and failed oh, fantastically <laughs> <laughs> and sounds like a Texan yeah <laughs> and so the last one of the, uh, that I started um, was buy and sell and the guy that I was selling to he eventually just didn't talk to me anymore he owed me a lot of money, a million two hundred thousand pesos. We we're talking fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and I just didn't have any way of paying that uh, because I was basically the middleman. I was buying and selling and making you know, a little profit. Yeah, making a little profit, and I just knew if he didn't pay, I I, I just had no way out. And that's uh, when we decided that we were going to come to the United States, but. At that point in time, I was, I, I think, at the lowest point in my life. I, did, I didn't have anything left to fight. I just wanted to get out of there. And so that's interesting because uh, for those that have listened to this podcast before, Isaac, when he came here, was my spiritual mentor. He did not see it down and out to me. But anyway, keep the story. Well, it's not always what it seems like. But uh, literally, on the inside, I, I didn't have anything to fight. I I was so low. Uh, I had crossed the border so many times, and they never even thought about it. You know, I just got to the border across. was not an issue. I literally figured, and in my head, I, I was clear that as soon as I get to the border, they're going to arrest me. It's game over. I, I, was, I was just at a very low point in my life. We got here, and... And uh, I started working and trying to make a living again. And probably about four months in, uh, we went to Andrew Womack, uh, 
Keres Bible College. Andrew Womack was um, speaking there, and Men's I went Advance. up and, and and I talked to him. Men's Advance. I don't remember if it was Men's Advance. Oh, I, don't I I think it was a different event. I, I I don't remember exactly, but anyway, I went up and talked to him, and I told him my situation, and he right away he said, "Have you listened to?" Uh, What's this uh, series called? Financial stewardship, something like that. Anyway, um, I told him I could preach it to you, left <laughs> and right. I said that's not the issue. I said I've heard everything. I said there's something blocking it. And he kind of stood there, and I, I think he was thinking this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And eventually, I, I, I think the spirit spoke to him, and he's like, "There's something blocking it. If you're gonna bind it right now." And so he prayed for me. He laid hands on me. He prayed for me. I didn't feel anything right away, but went home. Literally two weeks after that, the guy started contacting me from Mexico. And he wanted to start doing business again. But I didn't tell him that I had left Mexico and there was no chance. But I told him, you know, first you will have to pay this off. Because I said, I, I literally need to see that money before we can start doing business again. I had to do some sketchy things, but uh, we made it out. You know, he paid in full. Uh, I was able to pay that that all off, even my profit. I got everything out of it. And for me, it was literally a lost case there for a while. But I, w I was, you know, back in my head, I was, I was like, man, if I have to work for these $60,000, I, I just don't want to do it. Because I, I, I knew by that uh, time we were making good money here. I could pay it off, but I just didn't want to do it. Because there's a better way. And before you know it, everything was paid off. And, and also coming here, you know, um, at first I was, I was not this great fighter. Because I was, I was at a low point in my life. But it didn't take long. And... I told my wife, said, my goal is minimum to make $1,500 a week. And she's like, you're crazy, but you go for it. Guess what? Two months in, I achieved that. And from there, it just went up. So it has, has been great. I had quite a bit debt that I had uh, from all, the, all that traveling because we were never able to make a lot of money in Mexico. We were barely surviving. And uh, so basically paid everything off. I had, I think I have two guys that I owe a little bit of money, but all my debt was bad debt where I don't have anything to show for. It's basically paid off. And we are here for three years. That's awesome. And I mean, we have, we have done really good. Uh, we, we have seen blessings. We have bought a house, three trucks, um, made a lot of trips. You might not know about it, but <laughs> you were <laughs> we, almost of them. We, yeah. we have traveled a lot. We have gone to different ministries. Just, just spent tons of money, and it was basically just stepping out. You know, believing for what the word says, not not what you see. Because if I would have just looked at what I saw, I was like, it's game over. Yeah, might as well just call it quits. Yeah. Gather the last couple of pennies and go buy a piece of rope, and, you know, 
what's after that? Finish it, yeah. No, it's <laughs> but God is good. He is He is faithful. Um, I think if we are able to develop a relationship with Him, He holds His promises. I, I think if it doesn't come through, it's not on His end; it's on our end. Well, that's what. Uh, like even for what I believe and how I believe, like I said, some of this, like the, the I know alcohol, and alcohol is one of those things that is very controversial. I, I keep alcohol in my house. I don't drink regularly, but I like to have a drink every now and then. And I know that's a very controversial subject, but I told somebody once, uh, I will quit once spirit tells me to. And I still believe that. I think I think if he can speak to other people, he has spoken to me in different things. I think he can tell me when it's time to quit. And I haven't heard that yet. Not just that, there's, there's this idea that, uh, or there's this saying, where they say, uh, be like Jesus. Well, they call Jesus a drunkard and a glutton. Did they ever call you a drunkard and a glutton? Might be missing something. Well, nowadays they normally do it behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. They might have been not doing that before back then too. But anyway, the, the way I see the whole subject of alcohol, and I don't know why I'm harping on this again, but I think pornography and, and sex and marriage which is so great can be compared in, a lot, in those two I think alcohol abused can really ruin the life not our own life especially if you're married it can ruin the people around you and even if you're not married it can ruin the, the, the people that are, are in your life family brothers mom dad whatever but and same with pornography pornography destroys marriages regularly but I've I've been a porn addict for for years. It's it's been it's one of my biggest fights, and I'm so, sometimes I'm so tired of it. But I feel like just because like the way I, I feel like the, the way people see alcohol is, is is if you would compare that for me, since I've been a porn addict, I should never have sex again because I might have an extramarital affair if I did, or I might go back to pornography. That's the same. It's the same way with alcohol. Like if you've been an alcoholic, I think you will know whether you can have one or not. Like I, I don't blame the people that don't want to drink anymore. I have a, a great friend, a father figure of mine, that he will never take another drink, and I'm fine with that. Like he doesn't trust himself, but I think you will know whether this father has set you free, where where you could, if you wanted to, and if you still choose not to, I think we all have our free will. But. Where's I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, my beliefs. So that that's one of the more controversial beliefs. And even just the way I, the way we, me and my wife have found the the power of God in our life, we have in a lot of ways just thrown everything out, tried to unlearn everything we've learned in the church growing up, and start all over again. And I told her the other day, I said, I had this thought and sit in my truck one day. I keep notes in my little book. And um, I have written in there. I pulled over and I was thinking about that. Like the beliefs I have, I've, from a lot of people I've heard that I'm wrong, that I'm, that I'm, uh, that this, like, I don't know, not Christian or I'm, I'm playing Christian. I don't know what it is, but that I'm, that it, what, what, what I believe isn't right. And the way I figure it, with what I've seen and what I feel 
in myself, I am ready to go to judgment day and if it's wrong, it's wrong, but I will, I will give account for it. Nobody else will. So I, and I'm ready to go there with what I believe. I'm fine with it. If it is wrong at the end of the day, then so be it. I believe, I actually I told my wife, I said, if on my deathbed, day, hour, whatever, before I go, I tell you that everything that I believe has been wrong, you can tell the people. But until then, we're staying the course. I don't think it is wrong. But we'll, we'll so, figure out when we get there. So a question that I always pose to people when they speak about drugs and and alcohol and all that, I say, what did God give man dominion over? Everything. The he, earth. Yeah, he gave man dominion over the earth. But speaking on that, who also brought sin into the earth? Man did. Yeah. And so, God's creation is not bad. Right. It's l- l- like if I hold up a bag of cocaine, the drug itself is not evil. I make that an evil thing. Yeah. And it's like alcohol. It's not evil, but people can make it evil. Yeah. And you see the destruction that it creates. Yeah, I'm not denying that. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. But if you don't struggle and it's not, e- and you don't make it into an evil thing, is it evil? Right. Because no. I, I think I think sex is the same way. Like, so you you could make the same argument about having sex and marriage. It's one of the greatest things that God's given us. I mean, I noticed that between me and my wife. Like, when we regularly come together in the bedroom, our relationship's better. Mm-hmm. I, no, yeah. I desire her, and and we we have these fun conversations. Well, since I've been struggling with pornography for so long, you could, if you applied the same thinking to alcohol as you or to to the to sex as you do to to alcohol, you could say that I should never have sex again because of the because I I might fall back into pornography or maybe even extramarital affair or something like that, and it, nobody thinks about it that way. It's the same thing about being drunk. It's just one, I think, one looks so much more evil because mm-hmm. of what it does to the people around them. But even gluttony, nobody talks about gluttony. There's so many people that eat way more than they eat. Yeah. You're truly as guilty of it sometimes. Yeah. But the thing is, is if people truly understood what porn actually does to your brain, they wouldn't actually think that. No, because it does awful things. Um me being from the medical field, I have this unique un- understanding of the brain. Mm-hmm. And I've also got a very unique understanding of the Bible, too, because I actually grew up a Marthionic Jew. And what they are, the Jews that believe in Christ. And so I grew up knowing the Greek and all that and what things originally meant. No. And where they came from. And it's like when I heard that, like, a preacher said alcohol is evil, I was like, 
what are you talking about? And, and I also, um, a extremely controversial social thing that I, I had no idea about was people's view on hell. And I heard that it was eternal. And I'm like, what? Known things. And so, um, and then I also came into the med- medical field. And when I was studying in my books, the thing that fascinated me the most was the brain. Because, to be honest, we truly have no idea about it still. It's a very unknown thing. But we do know how you live your life drastically affects the different parts of the brain that you use more. And say you do, t- you take a guy who is a serial killer, right? And then you take a normal a- average Joe. Their brain scans are different a lot. Right. And so it's like, when you take a scan of a guy's brain when they're on porn and then take a guy's brain and scan it when he's addicted to, say, meth, it's actually a very similar effect on the brain. I can see that. And so it's like, just because a society Society makes one thing out to be so bad and not the other thing doesn't mean that's actually true. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just perception. That's yeah. all it is at the end of the day. No, it really is. I, yeah. I remember I, I used to justify uh, my drugs. I would do cocaine all day and I would think in the back of my mind, well, all the people around me eat pills. I just do it like this. This looks very bad, but there's yeah. somehow better than mine. I'm like, that's how you used to get justify my, my drug addiction. Which they're not so different if you think about it. No. They're really not. I just, yeah, one is, one is called medical <laughs> and, and therefore is justified as it's okay. And the other one is frowned upon. I usually, uh, I uh, really like this uh, phrase that makes uh, this one pastor may had a story. He's like, he comes into, to a room with a bunch of people in there, and he's like, he has a, he has a, a cigarette in his his mouth, not lighted. He just comes in with it. Everybody just stares at him like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, <laughs> supposed to be a pastor. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like, what? You think this is bad? And then he's like, uh, there's a. What did he say? Forty percent more people die of diabetes than smoking. And he's like, "If I would eat a Snicker right here in front of you guys, you would say, man, that looks good. That looks yeah. good.' That's a very good point. That's a very, very it's good. It's just point. the looks, uh, how we grew up, and what we have been taught. That's wrong. This is right, but many times it's just, just the opposite. It's, isn't that uh, a lot of times the case? People uh, try to look good in front of other people. For example, 
like like you said, everybody was almost sucking all the air out of the room because the pastor was having a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. And but if somebody has a snicker, nobody's gonna say anything. Or if somebody has a beer, uh, yeah. a, lo- a lot of people don't have a beer just because. What it will look like. Yeah, what it will look like. Mm-hmm. What will my friend say? What will the pastor say? What will they think? But really, at the end of the day, that doesn't make a difference. Mm. Is it right? Is it wrong? And that is something I would really like if we could if we could go a little bit into that. Stuart, what what does the Bible say about? We could say, well, we we know what the Bible says. We're, that we're, what are you uh, thinking about? About uh, alcohol, about uh, gluttony. There's there's a lot of sins that are um, in the Bible, and they're in the same yeah. verse. Exactly. Yeah. But we make a big deal out of one, but we don't out of the other ones. Why not? So as a watchman, I have a very good answer to that. And um, it's a verse that's Ezekiel 14. And this is um, something that I deal with on a daily basis because I come to people and I try to get them out of their own mind. No, I'm I'm like, you need to, to broaden your view. No. And um, the, the, the passage at the top, it says, idolatry will be punished. And it says, now some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me and the word of the Lord came to me saying son of man these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity should I let myself be inquired of of at all by them therefore speak to them and say a to them, thus says the Lord, every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I the Lord, Lord will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols, that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart because they are all estranged from me by their idols. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, repent away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of, of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel who separates himself from me and sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity. Then comes a prophet to inquire of him concerning me. I, the Lord, will answer him by myself, not through a prophet, by myself. Yeah. I will set my face against that man. And, and I will make him a sign and a proverb. I will cut him off from the midst of my people. Then you shall know that I am Lord. 
And if the prophet is induced to speak anything, I, the Lord, have induced that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people of Israel. And they shall bear the iniquity, the punishment of the prophet, shall be the same as the punishment of the one who inquired, that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me, nor be profaned any more with all transgressions, but they may be my people, and I may be their God, says the Lord God. There is, and I'm trying to find it right now, um, there's a verse that fits this, yikes that talks about the same like it really points to it in in the New Testament um but in that part no it's talking about idols and it's talking about idols of the heart and oftentimes when the Bible actually says heart it means soul it means what you have made up in your head and these so israel at the 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 time had many idols that they were 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 what worshiping gods that were not gods and i think a lot of times when we say oh drinking's bad oh that's bad and we try to say well the the sin is worse than the other sin that's not true to god yeah i don't think that uh in god's eyes there's this this with this what you did you sin at 10 percent, and then yeah. if you do that one that is 90 percent or 99 yep. percent. it's either sin or not right well, there's think- there's no no, no, in between, there's no percentage for, for that matter. But what what I was thinking, um, isn't there a Bible verse that talks about be careful and don't make your brother stumble? Yeah, yeah. Or one of the, the one who makes one of these little ones stumble. Yeah, but it doesn't say alcohol or drugs or pornography. It just says be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is what is included? That is a very good question. On, before we want that, on the note that no, Nolan had, First Corinthians four verse five. That's one I read. Uh, I think at one of the men's encounters, somebody had a part of this, and I. Uh, uh, so First Corinthians four verse five in the Passion Translator says, "So resist the temptation to pronounce premature judgment on anything before the appointed time, when all will be fully revealed. Instead, wait until the Lord makes His appearance." For he will bring all that is hidden in the darkness to light, and unveil every uh, yeah unveil every secret motive of everyone's heart. Then, when the whole truth is known, each will receive praise from God accordingly. So I found that very interesting because so many times I, I think this is also why, for myself, so many years um, I was so miserable in the church because I was trying to live a Christian life. An imitation of it. I was, I was a, uh, what, what did Jesus say? A bad tree can't bear good fruit. I was a bad tree trying to bear good fruit, and it didn't work. And it's, I don't know why. 
but it seems like almost without fail, I always thought it was just our culture, internet culture, it's not, that like uh, somebody that changes their life, gives their life to Christ, and let's say even years later, there's some things in his life that might not be right, or, or you stumble somewhere, or somebody you might look up to as a solid Christian, a brother, and he stumbles. We usually tend to, uh, which for me, I would try to hide it because of what it, I mean, the, the people look at you funny. You get uh, rumors, all kinds of shit going on because if, cause if you just let it hang out. And that's, this verse talks about how every secret motive, motive, not just thought, every secret motive, motive yeah. yeah, will be brought to light. So, I'm trying to think if I have any motives that I wouldn't want to come alive. But I, I really like, I, I try to examine, first of all, I need to try to examine myself. And I really feel like I would pass this test now. Like, if you would reveal all my motives, they've become pretty pure. It's, it's, I, I love giving. <laughs> it's, it's a motive. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I know, like, there's things in my life that need to change. But I think they will in due time. They probably are already. I believe that. I believe they are changing. Probably emotion already. Yeah, I believe that. But you were, you were going into something. Why don't you go ahead. Lost it. Yeah, that one right there. Uh, so, so we were talking about um, be careful and don't. Oh yes, 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 um, yes, 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 yes. Where is that? Or is is that the one that says the one that makes one of these little ones stumble? Yes, but it doesn't specify. So it's how probably. how how can you make somebody stumble? It's probably meaning to do your best, but. In the end, you know, it's not directly whatever you do because different people will stumble for different things. Exactly, but it it doesn't say that. It just says, "Don't make him stumble." So how would you it says, know? Be careful not to. Mark nine forty two. So just it says so make, how, make an effort. Exactly. So let's say I buy a new house or a mansion, for that matter. That's good enough for me. <laughs> And it's good for you. I mean, somebody stumbled through that because we know that there are people. You know, if if they s see that somebody buys something nice, they might probably not work really hard to to achieve the same thing, but but they it might make them stumble. Yeah, which I think there's two ways to look at that, isn't there? Because you could also argue that don't covet your neighbor's property. You do what? Don't cut the the Ten Commandments. Don't don't covet your neighbor's property. That's true. So, I know exactly what you're saying, but which I think that's why that's why why kind of in the Christian circles, I'm not saying all of them, but the ones I grew up in are around now. A lot of them, not even there, not all of them. I, I have some really good friends that we have great conversations with, but. There's this idea that if, if you kind of fake it till you make it, like you make it look good, that's the best way to not make somebody else stumble. Yet, if you think about like some of the best conversations I've had 
with people. Like where we've gotten close in one conversation, we've became friends, close friends, are the conversations where you kind of just let it hang out. The, the, all the miserable stuff, the bad stuff that you don't want to talk about. I, I think that people are sick of uh, hearing all these stories that are nice and polished. Because that, that, that's not real life. If you can sit down with somebody and just be yourself and, and just talk about stuff, sometimes it gets kind of awkward. Uncomfortable. But, yeah, un- uncomfortable, <laughs> awkward, yeah. you name it. It does. But normally those are the greatest conversations that you will ever have. Yeah, you get close with yeah. people. Well, just me and you. I mean, <laughs> sometimes we sit until 2 or 3 in the morning. And we'll have all kinds of topics and and just we would never drink any wine or, or whiskey there, would we? Shh, don't say that. I'm not part of that. <laughs> so I would I, never do that. I have a theory. It's fairly well thought out or proven theory. I think one of the reasons also why alcohol is so unpopular, like as a social drink is because alcohol tends to remove the filter from your heart. So what your heart is full of is what the, what comes out of the mouth. And sometimes what's in the heart is not what you want to show people. So you got to guard it very carefully. So in other words, are you saying that some people hide behind that? I, I believe that. I, because I, I can tell you, when me and my wife go out and we have a drink, I yammer. Oh, the, everything comes out. There's nothing left. And there's times like, shit, I probably should never let anyone out. Now I'm going to go sit in a doghouse. I don't. We have a very... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have I have a doghouse that's insulated. Thank you very much. <laughs> is that the shop? Oh, no, that, yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah that that, 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 away from that is actually a doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of dogs there. <laughs> but, like... Uh, which I'm not saying that would work in every relationship. Me and my wife have, have gotten a relationship now where I can be very real with her. And it might hurt her. And But she'll walk away and not make a big deal of it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. That, it, that it hurt her. But, but she'll deal with it in her own way. It's not, it's not my job to fix her. Yeah. Yeah, but at, at the same time, you know, as, as far as... Well, one thing that we want to make clear is we are not promoting that you can go drink. You, you, if 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 you know that you have a problem, right? Yeah, stay away from it. Right, right? find help, like freedom help. Galatians exactly. five one. But at the same time, how many people are still alcoholics that don't drink? Dry alcoholics. Dry alcoholics. I've heard that term before. Think about it. You don't drink because you know it's wrong, or somebody said it was wrong. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to judge it either way. Could also be that they but, know they fall back into it. But God doesn't look at uh, what you do on the outside. He looks at the heart. So if you still have that desire in your heart, that means you still need freedom. So I, I, I think a person that uh, that can drink or not drink, or, or have a glass of wine. I, I literally don't have an issue with that, but, but I don't want to tell you either way, one way or the other way. True, promote one way or the other, It's just what I would like to see in, in everybody's life is freedom. Absolutely. You know? yeah. 
it's Galatians 5 1. Yeah, because a lot of people they don't drink, but their heart is not really free. Yeah. You know, the desire is still there. Always fighting and it. Yeah, yeah. You're always fighting it and it seems like it and, and if it's it's if it's something that you always fight, eventually one day you will lose the battle again. So right. my wife wrote me something earlier. She said that this or she she mentioned this example that was made <laughs> i heard one somewhere if you squeeze an orange and there's apple juice that comes out you'd be you you would freak out and i i think a lot of oranges if you would squeeze them you would either get apple juice or, or something very or, or, or lemon juice <laughs> something very bitter yeah. yeah something very bitter and that's <clears throat> that what she was going at was um i was and i don't know I can't say any of the churches I've gone after Church of God that any, and maybe they don't teach it anymore. I don't know. But growing up, it was it was taught very strongly that you cannot go by your feelings. But that's the only thing I have. If if my heart is set on Christ, aren't my feelings going to match that? So isn't that a lot of times when God speaks to you, it, it comes in a form of feeling? Yeah. If you want to ignore your feelings, then you can miss if God is trying to tell you something. Because I have had that, you know, when when I hear something from God, or or I should say, I get something from God. Sometimes it comes in the form of feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. So oh gosh, you can't, if I didn't have you can't that, ignore your feelings. No. Yeah. Well, and I think that the the only reason why you couldn't go by that is because your feelings don't line up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why, uh, like I said. The times, even with friends, when we have a drink, we don't go get wasted. But when we have a drink, it it gets lively. It gets you 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 speak you speak your mind. You're not afraid to open up. Yeah, exactly. And the th- the, I think that the problem is though, I think if the heart is full of darkness, that will also come out. And I think that's why a lot of it 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 does. I have seen it where. Uh Somebody gets a little bit too much to drink, and then you hear all kinds of stories that you're like, yeah, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> just just keep it to yourself. But I, I, I think even in, in those situations, I think it's very good if you can just listen. Because know you know, and on, on the other hand, is there a reason for it that you heard it? Well, because that's the thing. A lot of, I know I have a very close friend, very close friend that um i used to uh, i don't know about regularly but sometimes once a week sometimes twice a week sometimes we miss a couple of weeks but i'd go there in the evening and drink with him and talk to him until sometimes two or three in the morning and the conversation always ended up in his past and he was hurt a lot and I, so he was basically digging back into the pain that has had never been healed exactly but he wouldn't he was ha- he was happy he seemed very normal very happy he was very fun to talk to until it came about midnight where he had a few too many and he was a little bit a little bit drunk and then the same conversation would come up every time because the guard was gone and i kept going there you know i would tell my wife i'm going there to help him because that's literally what i was going there for i was, I was thinking i was going to try to help him it never changed and finally one day i told I, I battled with that because I've been going there for months and nothing is changing. And I'd been thinking about this for days. 
on and off, not all day, every day. But I've been thinking about like, well, why is it not changing? So finally, one day I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go visit him again, but not to help him. I'm just going to go there because I enjoy the conversation. Because I really did. I did enjoy the conversation. Except for his, his pain. It's, it's, it's not easy to listen to somebody else's pain. It's not, especially if it's a friend. It's hard to listen to. And that, doing it over that, and over again, true. you, you want to give him something or, or help him find something where he can find healing. And when I didn't go over there, it's not that I changed. I, in my mind, I didn't change anything. It was my attitude, the only thing that changed. I went there just to enjoy it. And, and nothing flat, a few weeks. Now, when the same subject comes up, he talks about the great times he's had with his dad later. So there's been a change. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. When man. I didn't try to fix him. Or help him. It wasn't even trying to fix him. I was trying to help him. Like so literally trying to help him. I, I think there's different ways how you can help people. And I have found that there's a very unique way how people can get to me. If you want to help me or 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 if you wanna how how would I say this? If you wanna tell me what to do, yeah. <laughs> I will push against it with everything that I have. Same. I, I think there's a lot of men that way. And sometimes, you know, if, if you can just listen and not try all to of a sudden, it. all of a sudden it, it, it changes, you know, you just got to speak it out. What's what's in there? Well, I think some, like I said, alcohol in, in, in abundance, I think is, is there's nothing beneficial in it. But if you don't have a drinking problem and you have a socially have a drink with a friend, it can remove because I know this particular friend, he would always put up a front of who he was, who he represented to the world because he's a big business owner, very successful. He's a great guy. Very, uh, he's very good at dealing. Like, he, he'll put deals together, like just sitting there in awe. And, and the jobs, like multi-million dollar jobs that he sells. I'm just, Man, I don't even go over there because that's a little job. Like that's what he does, and that's that's who he, he knows that that's who he represents to the world, and that's what who he represents when when everybody's around. But when me and him drank long enough, his true his personal f demons, I guess you could say, past maybe not so much demons, but his personal past that the, the painful past would come out. The filter got removed, and I think it can be good to to let it let it out. There's so few people that are willing to listen to it and not judge you on it. Yeah, because uh, normally, when uh, people start talking about that, people jump in and they wanna they wanna fix it right away. Mm -hmm. And not everybody wants you to fix it. Some people they just want to speak what's in there. You know, they, they if if they can find somebody that can just listen. Yeah, yeah a friend. Yeah, yeah, just just a friend that doesn't try to fix you yeah. because. Too many people try and, and probably not succeed. It, that's so. why it's often easy to just go to a stranger. He won't judge me. He doesn't know my past. He doesn't know anything about me. That's why it's, that's why it's easier that part sometimes. <laughs> not just that. I, I think one of the reasons me and this particular friend kicked it off so well is because he's frowned upon among, among Christian circles. He's not, not very welcome <laughs> in Christian circles. And I've I've told him things that I never told anybody except for maybe my wife, and you. But you're an exception to the rule. 
<laughs> well, now now a lot more people since I mean you've had this relationship and we've we've pretty much built a circle of well the guys that are here, and and there's more that are not here obviously, but where we are very open with each other, and so it, it it's it's created a lifestyle of not trying to be something we're not. But I remember like what you just said. Talk to a stranger. There are there are uh, I remember. I don't know if I ever have, but looking back, I was thinking to myself, it'd be, I'd be more comfortable talking to somebody who would not be a Christian, because they're probably going through the same thing, and they won't look at me like, oh, oh this guy. Hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, it, it shouldn't. I that shit that comes back to this. The words you're talking about was Mark nine, verse forty two, I believe. But if any. If anyone abuses, this is in the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation for studying. But if anyone abuses one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than face the punishment he deserves. That's a nice boulder. That's a, that's a big boulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The NAS, NASB says, who, who's, whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it is better for him if a heavy millstone is hung around his neck and he is thrown into the sea. Yeah. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. That's the next verse. But the this facade, that, like I said, for me, that I've put on for so many years... That can do exactly that. Cause people to stumble that are Christians because it looks like something that they can never achieve. Yeah. yeah. So so how would you make that Bible verse useful in your life? Because a, a lot of times, you know, we read something and then we interpret the way it fits us or, or whatever. Yeah. Because in the next verse where it talks about if your hand causes you to sin or or your eye or whatever, pluck it out and cut your hand off and all of that. I used that once uh, for a teaching at uh, Man's Encounter on Purity. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. This is good. So, and and I I talked about, you know, sexual sin. I said, if we want to take it literally (laughs) what the Bible says, then what are we going to cut off? I'm going to cut the sausage off. (laughs) Yeah. Every eye that was in the room was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. you say but the Bible says that. It does. So can we make that something that we want it to be, or does that literally mean that? That'd be a very interesting subject. Why don't we dive into it? I mean, ah, this one has gone quite a bit long, so I guess that's something that we will have to. Where are we at, yeah. Aaron? 123. Oh, yikes. We're already over an hour. Yeah. So this, I, I know this, topic that we had today oh, I don't know if you could call it a topic but I know a lot of people will probably not agree with it and if, if you have comments on this we, we don't want arguments but if, if you have comments put it in comment section and we would like to hear from it absolutely we don't, we don't yeah. want to argue here uh, as don't we learn. said we don't push it either way but uh, nah. the intention is always to learn yeah mm-hmm. you know, if, yeah. if you have something on it Put it in comments and probably something we can do on the next podcast. Talk yeah, about talk it. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so absolutely. It, it, the, the whole comment, yeah. If especially 
Yeah, if if you see it completely in a completely different way. Aaron is uh, looking at me in a very evil way. <laughs> evil shenanigans. Keep bouncing I, the cameras. Uh, yeah, sorry. So sorry. Sorry? So, sorry, bot me. Yeah, because the thing is, what I was just talking about, the, the comments, I believe, well, I think we all here believe that our spirits are as different as our personalities. Yes. And therefore, what you interpret in something, or, or might even completely disagree with what we talked about today, please leave it in there. We would love to hear it, talk about it, converse about it. Maybe one day come in and uh, we have a one-on-one with it. But yeah, because we're already way over an hour. You got something, Nolan? Um, sure. What if your permission? I would like to close out this um, segment with a thing that. Um, I recently really went sent through and it really goes into this topic and the Bible over and over and over again states don't be double-minded. Absolutely. I love that. And man, I went deep in. I'm like, what does that really mean? And um, what's in, I was at the conference this weekend, man. It just like downloaded into my mind and I got up on stage and I said I've given my testimony to probably over a thousand now I mean a lot and people ask me how every time it just smacks hard and I said because I don't speak about the man that I want you to see. I I let the spirit share any part of my story that it needs to share. And my, my, my side flesh says, no way, man. And so w- when the Bible speaks about being double-minded, it also speaks about solving two masters. And are you solving the master that is your flesh, or are you solving the master that is your spirit? And the spirit doesn't hate you, but your flesh hates your past. That's, that's a good point. That's isn't isn't that the verse that talks about double mind? Isn't that the same one where Jesus says, "My yoke is soft and my burden is light." Yeah, I uh, think I read it in a Passion translation where I find, it, or maybe it was, I think so. Somewhere I read it. I always looked at the yoke that he was talking about. Like Jesus is the driver, and I have his yoke on. That's not what it says. It we're yoked side by side. That is literally the translation to from the original translation where I am yoked with him pulling on the same wagon or the same item, whatever it is. That was so mind-blowing to me. To me I don't know. It just To me, it was like, what? It, it, makes, it makes so much more sense how the yoke is light because I'm thinking, if I'm the only one pulling on the yoke, how can it be light? But I'm not the only one pulling the yoke. I'm pulling with him. <laughs> that is actually great. You know. Uh, oh, 40 years you have, old. 
No funny fault. Yeah. <laughs> you have the strongest, the biggest, the best partner you could have. Right. That is amazing. Not just that. If I get tired, I just slouch a little bit. And he carries the weight. I don't know. I'm <laughs> 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 maybe taking it too, too literal. But it's uh, that makes a lot more sense to me why it says that his burden is light. And his yoke is soft. It does. And on that palm shell. <laughs> I love that. That's I'm a go- I'm a gearhead. For those that that are listening to this and have listened to uh, Top Gear and um, or watch Top Gear and later the Grand Tour. That's what they always finish on. So on that bombshell, we will. See, so we actually have another podcast that's unrelated. It's not a gentleman's podcast because our purpose on this podcast is to inspire gentlemen. Uh, we here strive to become gentlemen in our society. And so that's what this one is about. So the next one, it'll still be kind of geared towards that, but more how we apply our, um, what we learn and what we do in our daily life and our work. So that'll be on the Facebook, but, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. See you next week.